up, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Live Free Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Maxwell. Today's guest is Mr. Brian Barnaclo. He joins us via Skype from his studio in San Francisco. Uh, let's see my notes here. We talk about the painted desert, uh, mutton, new experiences, rituals, cost of living, the neighborhoods, the moth in the cocoon tale that I always talk about. I wonder how many times I've told it on the podcast. I'm sure some of you have heard it multiple times. I wonder if it's changed too. It'd be funny to go back and look and how many times one story that you've told multiple times has changed. Um, let's see. We talk 70s illustration, social interactions, and the freedoms. As always, make sure you go check out MikeMaxwellArt.com. Click on the podcast. You can get all the information about the show over there. You can click on the iTunes link. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can follow producer Lex. Twitter, Facebooks, whatever, whatever. Follow me at Mike Maxwell Art on all that shit, the Instagrams. Uh, got a bunch of new likers on the Facebook page, so thanks for everybody who's over there liking stuff. I try to post stuff over, over there about what artists are doing. Sometimes I'll repost them through mine, but I don't always do that. So so go like the, the podcast page. I, I try to keep up with all the artists who have been on the show for the most part and uh, and promote their shit over there. So check that out if you're interested. Uh, just click the like button and shit. You could donate to the podcast. If people like to throw money at something that's free, um, that helps a lot. The t-shirts are, let's see, by the time... No. Okay, yeah. So this week, uh, hopefully by the, a few days after this episode comes out, I'll have the Live Free podcast t-shirts and uh, just found out we're going to have a second colorway, a very limited amount. So if I, theoretically, if you want to buy a shirt that's donating to the podcast, if you, I guess, donate, I could throw a shirt at you if they're available. They do. They, they sell out really fast So um, because they're such limited quantities. So... I guess it doesn't always do. Okay, I take it back. Donating does not equal a shirt. But if you want to buy a shirt, you could do that through my shop. But it's basically the same thing. Again, MikeMaxwellArt.com. Click the shop. You guys all know this shit. I know there's potentially new people listening every new episode. So I, I kind of got to go through all the nonsense. But um, yeah, it'd be let's just trying to make this thing a little more valuable monetarily. Sometimes doesn't matter. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, Follow Producer Lex. That's the most important thing. Get him uh, Facebook likes. And uh, you can follow. You should should follow Brian, too. Um, We'll get all his information at the end of the show. So, uh, with all that said, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Brian Barneclo. 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 Here we go, producer Lex. We're back for another episode of the Live Free Podcast. Yep, another one. What's uh, what's been going on with you? Um, same old shit. Same old shit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to get back into training, man. I hurt my wrist last week. Um, I just got my. I was in somebody's guard uh-huh. and had my hand underneath, like was my hand was palm up, trapped underneath their back. Oh, okay. And my elbow got pulled up, but my hand stayed in the same position. So basically turned my wrist all the way over Ouch. without my hand moving. Yeah, so that's... now it reminds me, you know, like there's those, um, 
those double jointed people who could put their hand down on the ground and then have it like twist all the way in a circle. Mm-hmm. That's what it feels like. Oh, my wrist dude, did, except sucks. I'm not double jointed. Yeah. So like, it's funny. I think we talked, maybe we talked about this on the solo podcast. I feel like maybe I we did so, because, yeah. uh, I mentioned that when I'm out of training within a day and a half of not doing any jujitsu, I'll start posting really mean stuff. On yeah. The yeah. Yeah. Which <laughs> I did. <laughs> I got pissed like a day and a half of not, being able to choke people and it just it shows itself in uh, aggressive, it angry. I've had the, posts. the opposite experience. I've been going regularly and um, yeah, and I'm just like yeah, whatever. Yeah, you feel pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way to do it. Yeah, you've been getting back into Muay Thai. Yeah, training pretty regularly with Coach Carl. Yep. Yeah, he's he's uh he's doing good things. I'm I'm psyched on him. Yeah, no, I'm excited about uh, him cornering it. UFC 169. Oh, he's going to be in the corner. Yeah, That's so dude. rad. That's, That's so, so rad. Crazy. I can't wait to see him. When, uh, where is that one going to be at? Vegas. Nice. Is that the, for the junior fight? No, that's, no, that one's, that's, that's uh, this Silver weekend White in Houston. And, oh, that's going to be good, too. Oh, dude, Shit. it's going to be so crazy. Dang. When is Fuck, maybe I need to go to that. It's December 29th. Are you going to go? Dude, I want to, but I'm going to be back in work, and work doesn't believe in holidays. I hear what you're saying. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I could probably get Rogan tickets, which are like... Dude, I'd still call in. You just said it on the podcast. You probably... You might. <laughs> well, then it makes it real now, so I have to call in. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I could dig it. But I think flights are really fucking cheap, too. Yeah. I know Southwest had some shit going, like $69 flights. Yeah, they always have... When is that? Flights. That's going to be in December, though? Yeah. Yeah, it might be a little more expensive around the holiday. Yeah, it would be. Fuck, I want to go. Fucking drive up there. Yeah, I have a. Um, there's some of my buddies. Two of my friends do a thing called the Las Vegas Backyard Wall Project, mm-hmm. which is based on my Live Free Wall Project that I did uh, a few years ago for the museum downtown. And uh, they've been trying to get me to come out to do a mural. Yeah, um, Casey Weldon, who's been on the show, he did one. Uh, they're they're continuing the project, so I yeah. want to maybe be a good time to go out there. And I'm do an it. idiot. I just remember that's on a Saturday. I'm, I don't work Saturdays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't even have to. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever been to a UFC? Uh, no, I haven't. Oh, dude, it's pretty exciting. It's weird. It, it's totally different than watching it on television. Yeah, uh, like being there. Is it? Is uh? It looks different. It's it looks strange. different. Yeah, it just looks different. Because I've been to a couple MMA fights here, like yeah. uh, in. Like I, you it feels get caught up in right? the moment. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you get emotionally vested like a lot uh-huh. more easier because everyone's sitting around thinking about the same thing. Like there's a an, an energy that happens, like yeah. an energy transference amongst people. Yeah, I get the same way when I'm watching it too. Like I'll scream at the TV, but and then I was like, I doing the same thing when people watch football. We're like, God damn it, catch the ball! Yeah, I'm so happy I don't do that. I do that with fighting though. <laughs> The uh, John Jones Gustafsson fight. Yeah, my palms were sweating like I was all antsy and anxious the whole time. The entire five round fight. I, was, I kept rubbing my hands together. <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm but like yeah, on the so edge it's of my seat. Yeah, it's pretty rad. Like I went one time with uh, with Ari Shafir mm-hmm. who was sitting next to me, and during the Baba O'Reilly intro, uh-huh. you know they they do the. Uh, the walkout intros or no no, no the who oh yeah the yeah. song by the who yeah they do that in between when it goes from the undercards the the prelims the prelims to the main event uh-huh. they'll tell everybody that they're getting ready to go to the main card 
and that it's going to be on, uh, ready for pay-per-view, then they play that video montage that they do. Oh, nice. And, dude, he, Ari Shafir gets teary-eyed. <laughs> I know that there's a photo of him like crying on acid watching yeah. it, but like I sat next to him and watched it. He seriously gets emotional when that part plays. It's pretty funny. Nice. <laughs> All right, so we got... um. Let's see. I have such a hard time saying his last name. We'll have to get him to enunciate his yeah. last name. I'm saying so, Barneclo. Barneclo, I think, is the way to say it. Barneclo. But it's a very interesting name. He might sneak in the the S-sounding C, though. It, it might be pronounced that way. I don't know. No, I think it's Barneclo. Which I have... I, I We talked about the lineage of his name before. Oh, okay. And I think he's... Uh, we don't really know where the name came from. It sounds... It sounds like it should be maybe UK, maybe English or Irish, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe German. I don't like know. The CLO, maybe Swedish or somewhere. In no, because Swedish is all Ks. There's no, okay, no Cs. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. All right, well, let's find out. Let's give him a call. Be, uh, what was it when they wrote the name when they came over? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It it's something too. that changed. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Easily. All right, well, let's, get, let's see if we can get to the bottom of it. We'll give him a call right now. Brian Barneclo. Am I saying hey, we've been having a discussion about your last name and how difficult it is to pronounce? Every time I try to pronounce it without looking at it, I I get um, dyslexic and put all the letters in the wrong places and then try to say it. Could you say it for us? Yeah, it's just Brian Barneclo. So Oh, uh, see there's a little bit of the, see there's an emphasis at the E. Yeah. Where Barneclo? It goes, I don't know. I think People I would say it like bar I don't know, I hear it all. So like, not that, it doesn't seem like it would be that tricky, but I know it doesn't. Uh, it's hard for people. I say Barneclo. Like, yeah, that's fine. I'll answer to that. <laughs> All right, good. So, what's up, brother? Thank you for uh, for coming on the show. Uh, How are you? It's good to talk with you. Um, you and I just met recently, even though I've I've seen your work for uh, for a long time. But uh, you were just down in San Diego. You got to do. You went on a little road trip. You want to tell us about that? I'd love to, Mike. Uh, <laughs> No, yeah, I, uh, let's see, I flew down to San Diego to meet up with my buddy Brian, and we took off uh, out through, uh, made our way out to the Painted Desert, where I did a project earlier. Um, What'd you do out there? Year. I did a project, uh, I think it's called the Painted Desert, it is called the Painted Desert Project, uh-huh. and um, uh, there's this amazing dude out there, uh, Chip Thomas, he's a doctor on the reservation, uh, Navajo reservation. Oh, okay. And um, he's also a street artist. So he's like a doctor on the Navajo Reservation and a street artist. Oh, that's a weird and, combination. And he's been like, um, let's see, I think you could go to Painted Desert Project on like Facebook. Yeah, I've heard of that before. And um, he's got some great artists that have done it, like Roa and, um, oh, shoot, I forget the whole lineup. But anyways, uh, he contacted me to do a piece and so um so yeah it's like if have you ever been driven out that way i don't think i've I've got out that far no so it's like the Navajo reservation is like a vast land you know it goes like into new mexico and arizona and, uh-huh. and um 
it's really sparse and there's not a lot out there and it's beautiful. And so like every once in a while you'll come across like a little like kind of shelter or like, you know, a, a little uh, hut of some sort. And um, he's been doing like wheat paste on, you know, these structures and um, he's been doing it for a little while. So he's starting to reach out to other artists. He brought me in oh, to cool. do uh, something. What did you do out there? I, uh, there, so like I did like, I tried to do as much as I could in like a week. So yeah. like I hit up a, uh, a Navajo jewelry stand and I hit up, um, uh, this guy's, uh, mutton stand, uh, where he does mutton out of sometimes. Is that like, it's like lamb. Uh huh. Yeah. Mutton chops. Yeah. Like mutton. Uh, <laughs> is, it, so little... is it baby lambs? <laughs> yeah. I think it's baby. I lamb. think so. I think a lamb is a baby. Wait a minute. It's a baby we sheep. This, and yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I think you're right. One. I'll look that up. It's like, I think the equivalent of um, venison is for deer, you know? Yeah. I yeah. don't know. I'm talking about something I don't know what I'm talking about. But he has a mutton stand. I I painted like the little side of that. And, uh, and also there's like a place uh, called Antelope Canyon, which is like amazing, like cavern. Uh, cavern? I don't know. It's, it's rock formation. Yeah, it's like a, yeah, rock formation. It's like you've seen pictures of it. I know uh, you've seen pictures of it, but I didn't really know much about it until I got out there. And uh, I just, they had a little uh, stand set up where they, you know, uh, it's a tourist, uh, you know, destination. And uh, a lot of photographers go there uh, because like the light comes in and it's just like so. Fucking amazing. I know. You yeah. always see the photos of those types of areas, like out near the Grand Canyon and like the Arizona desert, and it's like perfect lighting, like there's tons of sky, like all the rocks look like they're painted. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the whole deal, painted yeah. desert. Yeah. And so, um, so I hit up like these little stands, and I just tried to paint something that would uh, – or do some art that would uh, have some meaning to the like actual people that are there. So uh-huh. I kind of just you know, freestyled out some stuff and – Tried to uh, tried to make it meaningful for the context. I don't know. That's something that's like kind of like keeps coming up for me. That's really important is like context, especially when I'm painting like murals and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. You know, I don't I don't feel right about just coming in with my shit. You know. Yeah. Does it feel uh, exploitive if you don't like make it? It feels very exploitive, and I was very aware of my like race, like more than ever. You know, just being like white man on Navajo land, and so I was like super kind of aware of that um so interesting so uh, you got to go back out there for your, the road trip that you did uh yeah so but i didn't really paint this time we just yeah we just decided to kind of just i just needed to uh get out a little bit so um which happens right like mm-hmm. i think that's an interesting point to bring up like the the need for new experience for creative people uh, oh yeah yeah, because, I mean, that's like a heavy-duty issue with me right now because, uh, you know, I'm just spending too much time in the studio. Yeah. Um, it's, just gotten to, it's just gotten that way, and so I need to make some adjustments. And so that's kind of like, you know, it just fit in with uh, my buddy Brian's schedule too. And so we just like, we're like, let's hit the road. Um, but, yeah, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get a new, um, I don't know, just like dynamic going because the studio is kind of – Getting a little crunchy uh, lately. Yeah, oh, I we, still love my space, but yeah, it's yeah. 
we talked about that a bit when we uh we, when we met up like it it does like i've been feeling the same way like i i work from the home studio and like just being here all day working and then you know having dinner with the wife and then going right back to working it gets pretty fucking monotonous like i i always feel like i need uh new experiences to look forward to and when things start to get repetitive i have a tendency to get pretty angry no yeah i mean there's something to be said about ritual you know Uh and just doing like you know i think that's like you know important aspect of you know making art and creativity and all that but uh but it's it it can go overripe and it can get you know it can get too much you know mm. and you need you need just experience you know you need stuff to say and it can't just be like reading books or watching movies all the time you know you need to like actually you know and it's like it's, I think it actually goes to like just the wiring in your brain is just going through the same paths every day and it's like you need to be like in a, you know when you travel you're in a different place and you have to think. Uh, more on your toes, you know. Where do where do I get lunch? It's not the same place. You just do it every day. You know? Yeah, so you getting actually, outside of your comfort level. You know, it's like it's one thing to to just not think is good, yeah. but also to think is also I don't know. It's like it goes back and forth. No, I think that makes sense. What um, let's jump back to the beginning. So you're you're in San Francisco now, right? Yeah, I'm in San Francisco. Did uh, did you grow up in the area? I grew up in the Midwest, Indiana, in Indianapolis, and I moved in San, to San Francisco in 1996. So whatever that is, like uh, almost 20 years coming up on. What was uh, what was Indiana like? I, I imagine it's very different than San Francisco, especially San Francisco 10, 15 years ago. It's very different from San Francisco, gee, uh, geography-wise, and just like uh, homogenous, uh, you know, with the culture and all that kind of stuff. And um, that, with that said, there's like I had a lot of great friends there, and there's cool people everywhere, right? Sure, right. And um, but they're just like further, uh, you know, uh, it's more spread apart, I guess. But I don't know. It was where I was from and where I was born, and. Um, I don't know what to say about it. There's nice things there, and but I just didn't. I don't think that that's you know. I didn't choose where I was born. You know, so right? Like did I you always know? Did you always know you were going to leave? I, you know, it's like people ask me like, "Well, why'd you move to San Francisco?" and that kind of thing. And um, I don't know if it was really too much consciousness about what. I think a lot of it had to do with I wanted to not have to drive around everywhere. You know, and I wanted to, I think that was one of the things that was subconsciously, you know, driving me, no pun intended, to San Francisco uh, was, uh, you know, uh, you could live uh, in San Francisco. It's like one of like a handful of cities where you can not have a car, you know? Yeah, right. And I just got sick of like, just, I don't know. It was just something that I didn't like. Yeah. Was there an opportunity that arose at the time that that made it? No. You just no, took the risk. I, I was like, uh, I went to school at Indiana University, and it's in Bloomington. And um, I think it was just very clear to me, like, uh, you gotta like do something here. And I think I have friends in Florida, and I had a friend in Arizona. And uh, my friend in Arizona was like, you know, he's an artist, and he was like selling paintings, and it was like, you know, so I moved. I you know, I moved out there to Phoenix for one year before moving to San Francisco. Which that's a hellhole. Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> Phoenix? Yeah, Shout out to Phoenix. Indiana was like really 
compared to Indiana, it was like really kind of exciting. But yeah, it took one year, and I was like, yeah, people don't, people shouldn't be living here. <laughs> yeah, so it becomes pretty obvious when you have to spend your entire day in air conditioning, or you know, I don't, know, I'm not sure if uh, it's is Phoenix like in the a, mountains. Is there mountains in Phoenix? Well, there's There's just all it's flat desert, desert, flat desert, and then like uh, like Flagstaff. Yeah, yeah, Flagstaff is mountainous. Yeah. I imagine uh, it's pretty nice there. Flagstaff is, like, uh, cool uh, in, you know, weather-wise. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's not like Phoenix. So what becomes the exodus to San Francisco? What what sort of spurs it besides realizing that nobody should be in Arizona? Um, Shout well, out to Arizona. <laughs> I think, like, like I just said, like trying to live more closer to, like, we were just driving around all the time. Oh, in yeah. Phoenix. And it was like, it's kind of like a Yogi Bear background where you're just like, it's this big grid. Like, you know, it's like this huge grid and you'll be driving on the same street for like 10 miles and you've passed like three, you know, targets, you've passed four Midas, you know, all that, whatever, all yeah. the Indies and da, da, da. And it's like this Yogi Bear background, like just like kind of looping behind you and you can get lost. I, I would get lost just driving down the same street. Yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> so, so I was like, this is horrible. I'm always posting about me complaining about Starbucks and somebody mentioned that like they were surprised that I, I still get my coffee at Starbucks. And the reality is is that I live in a community that's almost all strip malls. Yeah. It sounds like the same sort of thing. Yeah. Like there isn't that many mom and pop shops. Yeah. Just Which is cry. nice about San Francisco. That there's a lot of privately owned business. Yes. Which seems to it, it seems like your work has kind of fit into that place too. Maybe we could talk about your work a little bit. When uh, when did you start painting? So I kind of came to San Francisco without any body of work or anything. I, I studied art back in Indiana. Like we studied, like, you know, we had like a model, oil painting, uh, you know, like, uh, what do you call it? Like illusionistic or just representational art, like, you know, paint is still life kind of thing. Yeah. So I had that kind of like uh, background. And I came, I didn't really get much going in Arizona, but I came here and I just started digging in. And I, you know, I just like, I got a job as a busboy, you know, and I got a job working at the club doing lighting, you know, mm -hmm. uh, Paradise Lounge uh, back in the day. Um, so, anyways, um, I just like, just started like, just, I just dove right in and would just like every day be like keeping, uh, you know, sketchbooks and just filling sketchbooks and just like drawing and drawing and drawing and drawing and just like uh, a style came out of it, you know, after a few years and yeah. then and then just switching over from oil painting to just uh, like painting out with uh, acrylic paint, like house paint, just yeah. because it was like, you know, you go to get mist tint house paint and you can like be much more liberal with it, you know, mm -hmm. and just yeah. like paint over stuff and and so that's what I needed to do. I recognized that that's what I needed to do when I was first starting. It's just like I need to cover ground. I need to get this shit going. Yeah. And so I just like did that for a few years and then started uh, putting paintings in uh, like upper playground was just starting. Yeah, I tried to I, I got I tried to do a T-shirt design when upper playground was first starting, but they only wanted walrus stuff at the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't do any walrus stuff. Oh, shit. Should have. I just met uh, homeboy uh, Matt Ravelli. Yeah, just recently. Oh, cool. Yeah, 
Where would you meet him? Uh, when uh, David Cho was down here for Comic Con doing the oh, yeah. uh, live podcast thing, I met him over there. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Uh, so, you, so were you able to sort of? Did you see this art community kind of forming? Because I, I feel like there it's such a strong San Francisco art bond that happens, and maybe that's just perceived from an outsider perspective. But there really seems to be community there to some extent. Whether it's oh the- yeah, there's totally community, uh, and like I kind of came in after the whole like you know mission school kind of like all that stuff was already like well you know. Uh, established what, just like established yeah. yeah and like so I guess like there was really just kind of like a lot of activity kind of coming in after that you know I guess that's when I was the time frame where I was coming in yeah um, so you got to see the internet boom too right exactly like I remember when I moved here in 96 like shit, I don't know uh, I guess I had email yeah yeah but I don't remember it being like, you know, so like I've, I've really tried to like learn how to do computer shit through this whole time, you know, yeah. uh, because like, oh, just send me a JPEG of that or like a PDF, like learning all this stuff, like what all this stuff is, right? Yeah, like yeah. That, that was like kind of like a little, a whole thing in itself, like just trying to figure out how to get shit because I was such a... um I'm such a like, just like I need to like touch it in front of me. And stuff. <laughs> yeah, you need the physical manifestation of the things, and not just the yes. digital form. Yeah, and having such a hard time struggling with that, uh, like, oh god, they want to send me to send a JPEG or a, you know, a file of it, and I would just like sweat bullets <laughs> over that. Like, how do I do this? But then, since then, I've gotten a lot, a lot better, and I just kind of like accepted that, like, shit, I better get, I better get savvy. Better. I better get savvy. I better like learn this shit because I don't think it's going away. So you also got to witness the sort of the tech boom in in that, like San Francisco or you know, in the surrounding areas, changed a lot. Yeah. Even just in terms of like the cost of housing and the cost of property and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Although like you know, for a long time I was not. That was not on my radar. I was just like a studio rat, just like a dude living in the mission, eating burritos, trying to figure out how to fucking pay my cheap rent at yeah. the time. Which I uh, there was just a bunch of protests this past week, right, in the mission about um about costs of cost of living and and rental control and all that, right? Well, yeah, that's a hot button issue right now, Mike. Uh, <laughs> Like, get to the uh, bottom well, of like, it. No, I mean like right. I mean like really like this week, right? Uh, like earlier this week, uh, in one of my buildings. I'm not in the mission. I'm on Mid Market Street, and that's kind of like what's kind of blowing up right now. Uh-huh. Is this whole area of Mid Market, and I'm on my studio where I'm at right now is uh, between Sixth and Seventh on Market. And so, uh, for for those of the uh, for listeners who don't live in San Francisco. Mid Market, I guess, is like this area where like um, Market Street runs like like right through the city, and it's kind of like a big kind of artery. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess what's going on is like you have the financial district uh, down towards one end, and then it kind of bleeds into um, kind of like total commercial mall shopping, like uh, uh, tourist kind of shopping, like mm-hmm. malls, and you know people come from all over. And and then it kind of just like stops right there at, at like it goes like Fifth Street, Sixth Street, and it just turns into total tenderloin. 
it turns into like ghetto like real yeah. fast yeah you know, like san francisco does you know yeah and like so sixth and market is one of the you know uh you know it's a tough corner it's kind of ruddy you know yeah 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 and you- uh and but it's cool and but it's changing a lot right now and so so what happens is you're going up uh first second third fourth you get to like uh third and fourth and fifth and that's like uh you know, shopping malls and whatnot. And then you get into six and it totally changes into like, you know, kind of ghetto for lack of a better term. Yeah. Like I, I remember the last time I was in that area, I was doing a show over there. I was on six and I, there was a guy just passed the fuck out, like face down, passed out, like barely breathing. And me being like the sort of empathetic, like take care of per people type of person that I am, uh, like I'm like I gotta do something about this. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm watching like person after person walk by without Stuff even flinching. Yes, like, not even noticing the guy, and literally I flagged down a police car to come over and check him out because I, you know, I wasn't gonna get involved maybe on my own like i was saying stuff to him and he wasn't responding and i just saw a cop car and i was like hey come over here so like these are the types of like people are doing shooting heroin smoking crack like on the block like as if it's no big thing and so like just that's, for an example of how what the area is like no yeah exactly and that's like every day for me yeah, so stop you know, so it's kind of weird, and uh, but you kind of grow used to it. But you kind of—I don't know—it's like something I've just grown uh, accustomed to. You like you feel it every day, but you can't like feel it, feel it. Like, yeah, uh, so it's, it actually produces an interesting dynamic being an artist because a lot of times as an artist, you you try to uh, be open. You know, you try to like you know try to open up and let like kind of like the world kind of pass pass through you and like mm-hmm. you know as part of the process. I don't know. Right. No. And um, but you know, it's so you have to can't you can't just be fully on open living in a neighborhood like this. You have to kind of like really because just like going to get a coffee and coming back, you're gonna like be asked for change a couple times, and so. So you have to kind of like have a valve there to kind of close and open. And so it kind of makes you, I guess, more aware in a way. But it um, kind of hardens you, got, you too, right? Like if cause you kind of have you. to ignore it a little bit. Oh, you have to ignore it a lot of it. Yeah. You know, sometimes. <laughs> like you can't be open and like, you know, like you were saying and like, like totally open and sensitive and like feeling it every day. Cause it's just like the, that, you know, you just can't do that. Yeah, it's overwhelming. It'll, it'll take too much of a toll on you. So does that but stuff it, play into the things that you're making, being in in those neighborhoods all the time? I think it used to more so, but like I want, like, and I think that goes back to like having the studio dynamic. Uh, it's like you know I don't want to be so much. I'm trying to be like you know I don't want to. It's I don't want to glorify it. Yeah, and I also yeah. don't want it to be is that really what i want to paint about so you know it's like well what do i want to paint about you know and so um you know it comes in there but i it just comes in in different ways and i don't want to just always be painting about like just homeless you know people dying on the the corner and a lot of a lot of a lot of man shit on the ground in san francisco yeah and woman and yeah i just mean human a lot of no, human no, no. feces on the uh, the sidewalk corners, especially in the tenderloin. People like to take shit uh, on yeah. the sidewalk. It's pretty gnarly. But but to continue on with what I was I was uh, I was kind of like framing the neighborhood is like you get into this like really gnarly part, and then just you keep going a couple more blocks, and you're kind of into a whole different. Uh, and you're still on Market Street, and you're and when you get up to like Eighth and Ninth uh, and Tenth, 
well, Twitter is now on twin on tin. Yeah. And so that's that's like having. Well, it remains to be seen what the impact is going to be, but like it's it's creating a big impact, and that's why to uh, to go back and, and the original thing was this week. There's my my building owners own three buildings on this block that I'm in. Um, I'm in 1067. They also own 1049 and 1005, right? And so 1049 is having like this big eviction right now. Mm-hmm. And um, wow, it's full of all these details. And uh, I don't. And it's want like to it's like poor thing. people and elderly and people who have had some sort of rent control, right? That's that for some period of time. Is that was that, uh, that accurate? Yeah, and so they're getting evicted because, well, it gets really technical, but like uh, the spaces are not uh, technically allowed to be lived spaces, you know, uh, wow. because they don't have windows in them. They're like, you know, these are think of like urban, you know, live spaces. Like they they're like brick walls, and and I agree with it to tell you the truth. You should have a window in your house. If yeah, you're there. sure. But um, they've been doing this for a long. I think a lot of it has to do. It's getting a lot more attention because Twitter's moving in and like just like to speak to the larger issue is like the the neighborhood is dynamic is really changing. Going back to what you were talking about before with uh, with uh, the the you know this all this uh, technology uh, kind of coming in and yeah. it's really changing the uh, the layout. So like every every uh, there's been like continuing meetings at luggage store gallery which is on the block right uh and they're letting their space be used uh to kind of like uh get this coalition for all uh so that so that the uh, people being displaced can have a voice and uh that's pretty good so we'll see what happens they've been a sort of staple in that area for a long time so it seems like a oh yeah good place to start luggage stores awesome I feel like was it you and I? They were talking about how people, how like the restaurants now have to like bus in the workers because nobody can actually afford to live in the neighborhoods that the where they work. Uh-huh. I feel like uh, I, I must have been somebody else, but uh, yeah. no, yeah. Which is crazy to think that because the corporations like Twitter are taking over all the space and all you know different like commercial spaces are being taken up by these weird marketing firms and these industries where it does, where they don't seem to produce anything. It's tricky. You know, it's tricky because also on the other side of the thing, you know, I'm always like, you know, looking at both sides a sure. little bit yeah. and just trying to like understand it and not be reactionary. Uh-huh. And, um, well, like, you know, I just was uh, traveling on that road trip. Right. And, uh, a lot of those places we pass through don't have the luxury of having money coming into their neighborhood and kicking people out. You know, it's like there's no money at all. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. So in a way, and that's something like when I was just like really at my kind of like really uh, scrappiest at starting out just being an artist, um, you know, I kind of like had this, you know, understanding it's like even at, even at the lowest economic level in america you're still in america where there's like shit all around you and you can figure out a hustle and you can figure out a way to do it but if you're in like a place a country where there's just no economy uh yeah that's uh you know so even at like the worst in america you're still like way luxury compared to a lot of like third world countries you know yeah sure so you're glass you're glass half fooling it that's what you're telling me i guess i don't know that's how i used to validate yeah <laughs> i mean if it helps the mental state I, i'm all for it i guess hey, you gotta do something, man. but as long as yeah. you're looking at both sides too because it's all 
you never like I've been thinking a lot about this lately, like in terms of like helping people and realizing that most people are really just out for themselves and that it's pretty it's it's fairly natural that you got to you got to survive on your own to some extent. And so like even like looking at like major corporations or, you know, like a business like these people are are satisfying themselves. They're looking out for themselves. And sometimes, it, it, hey. like me, like trying to help the passed out dude face down on the sidewalk, like yeah. at some point you just got to look out for yourself. But I don't know. It seems like that creates a a worse world, you know. Like it makes things worse. But I'm a I'm a glass half empty type of guy. I don't know. It's like the payoff. You got to I guess you got to like understand where's the payoff. If I help this guy, if I give this guy a dollar, you know, uh, is that gonna really, you know? Change I don't know. Yeah. You know, so... Because uh, you can make yourself issues, miserable. Man. Tackling issues here, you know. We got to, like, you got to figure these things out. Yeah, I hear you. Or, or not. Know, or not. Just let it... Like, sometimes I just think, like, well, everything is exactly how it's supposed to be on some level. Like, oh, yeah. Maybe... You know, I, I always bring up there's this... Uh, there's this Buddhist, I guess, uh, sort of little story. I don't know what the right word to... Like a like a moral story of uh, a guy who who sees a cocoon, right? Uh, like a moth cocoon, and sees yeah. the moth struggling to get out of the the cocoon, and he goes up and cuts the cocoon so that it could easily get out of it because it looked like it was it was struggling to get out, and the moth falls to the ground and dies, not realizing that the moth had to have the struggle to get out of the cocoon as a way to start to get the blood into his wings and it as a natural process for it to begin its life, that it actually needs the struggle. So sometimes I, th- I think about that a lot. Like when I implant myself into somebody else's problem that mm. even though if it seems like moralistically correct, sometimes just because you don't know the other side of the story, that sometimes you can actually hurt people by helping them, which uh, seems totally. so counterintuitive. <laughs> yeah. Because you know yeah, we all need help. You're, right. you're exactly right. I think I I agree with you. Yeah, but we also got to pull ourselves up from the boot with it by our bootstraps sometimes too, which you is know, that like, terrible Republican sort of mentality. But it's fucked up. Yeah, because we all need help, man. We it, it, this world is fucking difficult, and on some level, we need some sort of emotional support, financial support. Like we all need a. We're all not perfect. Oh, it's totally true. Right. Well, let's um, let's let's talk about your work a little bit for maybe people who aren't familiar with it. I think I the first time I feel like the first time I saw your stuff was on Fecal Face, which people okay. who don't know fecalface.com, that probably sounds like something strange to be saying out loud. I remember when my buddy first told me about the website Fecal Face, I was like, this guy is trying to make me go look at some shit porn, yeah. some scat shit or whatever. Yeah, but it's a it's a San Francisco based art website and uh, gallery. Um, but yeah. I feel like that's where I, I first started seeing your images. Um, hmm. Can you talk about? I feel like a, ma- a majority of what I've seen from you is like outdoor mural work. I know you do a lot. I, I feel like I've seen a lot of stuff through um, uh, Mina, 111 Mina. Is that how you say it? Yeah, Mina. Yeah. Mina. Um, yeah. In, in their gallery shows. But I feel like a lot of the stuff I've seen from you is. Uh, Big wall paintings. I know you you did a huge piece um, on the the trolley line. Over, uh, actually, uh, Caltrans. 
which is like a uh, uh, train that services the corridor going down to San Jose and up through San Francisco over by the ballpark. Yeah. Right. So it's like, uh, go ahead. Was that, I, I'm, I'm curious if one of those things, like if, if doing big outdoor works or like, I know you've done a lot of like, uh, like stuff for restaurants and like wall painting, uh, sort of interior design sort of stuff. Does is are those things is is one of those things more important? Should we do a Mary fuck kill? I we need a third thing. We don't have a third thing yet. So I I know you make you make fine art. I think what you're you're getting at is uh, is kind of like you know you're seeing my work in like just different contexts. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like like uh, kind of unusual. I'm kind of like I and I totally can relate to this. It kind of makes me uncomfortable. Like. But it's it's like the the weird context, like I'm doing like paintings in restaurants, and it's yeah. like that's a commercial thing, you know. Yeah. And uh, and then I'll paint like a mural for like a public mural, like outside, you know. And um, but and at the same time, get, your work is cohesive. The gallery too, right? Like all those things are all cohesive in terms of like imagery and juxtaposition, and so I guess just to like. Uh, <coughs> Like so, yeah. What's up with that, right? Yeah. Uh, so, what's up with that? Jerry yeah, Seinfeld. Um, which is kind of like weird too, because it's kind of like, yeah, I kind of like let go of trying to control, control how it always is supposed to be, and kind of like this is just the shape it's taken, you know. Uh-huh. And it continues to take different shapes, you know. It goes back to like just when I was starting, I was just painting and painting and painting, and. Uh, and like you know, I kind of got my voice going, and kind of all my influences from back in the day was just like uh, you know Picasso and just like street art that was going on, and just sign signage, and just like just what I was seeing on a daily basis, and kind of like I had this kind of little style coming uh, that developed, you know. And style is just what happens when you do it. You know? <laughs> yeah, like, after experience. It's like your voice. It's just like this is my voice. This is how I talk because this is how I talk. You know, right? Uh, whatever you know. And so uh, people try to get a style or something. I don't. I think that might be like the wrong way to try to do it. It's like it's just the way it comes out. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's. So I that, think about that a lot. Like that. There's even if I wanted to try to paint differently than I do, like I don't know that I could. Like I like coming up with the acceptance of oneself. Like this is what I make. I think is exactly. important is important for people, you know, and like that getting that whole getting started period of like, you know, well, how do you become an artist or what makes you an artist and kind of struggling with that at first, like the, but you just, well, if you do it, that's what you are and you right. don't have to be like the best artist or whatever you just, but it's something you do every day, then that's what, you know you are because you do it like you know you can't if you call yourself an artist and you don't do art then that's kind of misleading right to <laughs> yeah and to other <laughs> yeah definitely. um anyways but so like it was just about doing it every day at the start and um and i was working all these odd jobs and everything but then i got a job like uh actually i was a bike messenger and i was delivering to this this uh delivering like a tube to some place and like they were painting next door in a garage and i was like oh what's going on in here and they were like and i was like do you need help and they were like a commercial art company and so hmm. uh you know and so i got they were like yeah uh, and i got a job there and like uh so i was like well, at least I'm one step closer now because I'm getting paid and I'm holding a brush and right. I'm painting every day. What kind and of was, stuff was it? Was it? Just, 
it was just a good way to get chops, you know, because it was like so it was like uh, it was a lot a lot of restaurants, you know. So like they would have like a corporate client, and we'd go around, and we'd paint like they'd give us an illustration, like say like so Chevy's was one, right, mm-hmm. the Mexican restaurant. Yeah. Uh, and like I mean, it's totally corporate stuff. So they give you a a uh, illustration, and then they've got like five. Uh, you know, poster-sized paintings on the wall, like eight foot by five foot or whatever, like that. Yeah. Uh, and then you just paint five of the same thing. You know, uh, so you like paint a face on this one. You know, and you just assembly line it. So you're just like painting, like, like, and you just got to get it done as fast as you can. So did you learn some process from that, like learning a couple techniques or like a, a, a methodology? Totally. totally, because like there was both you know what signage and also illustration kind of like incorporated into yeah. these things like yeah. there would be like a margarita lady and like you'd have to write margarita on there and be like an illustration associated with it uh, and like so some people could specialize in hand lettering and some mm-hmm. people specialized in like actual illustration painting and stuff and I could kind of like do both yeah I was gonna say that you kind of take on both of those sort of aspects in the work that you do Right, and so I guess like that influenced me, and like it was just good to like just just be like just painting, 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 and just like just like getting your paying the dues and getting like just every day just painting a lot, a lot, and then I would get I just kind of had really <laughs> no life back then, and I would go home and paint some more, but now <laughs> I'd be painting my own shit because all day I'd be like I just want to like go outside the lines, and I just want to like. It'd be cool if I did this, you know, or uh-huh. whatever, you know. And so I'd get home, and then I'd just, like, paint more. And that's all I, like, did during that time. It's, like, just I, that's all I lived and breathed, you know. Does and some so of I'd that – go ahead, sorry. Uh, just, I, I kind of already said it. I'd just go home and just, like, I lived and breathed painting. You know? I'm, I'm curious if, like, some of those jobs helped inspire some of the work in that, like, there's a lot of architecture that shows up in your stuff. Does that, ha- does that play some role in it? Like in terms of like well, the things that you were painting on somehow made themselves into the actual work themselves? Well, speaking to that, I think it has more to do with like uh, like being from like going back to like just being from Indiana and like having that kind of like homogenous uh, kind of just landscape around and then being in the mission where you have like all this different like uh, – variations in architecture and like Victorian and uh, and uh, what Spanish style uh-huh. and like but 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 and the way that that relates to letter forms you know and so it was like I, I was both painting letter forms but then it would kind of go into architecture as well and I felt and like that's kind of like a thing that I guess really is identifiable within my style is the way that kind of letter form and architecture kind of like, uh, kind of just like are simultaneous. Yeah. And Uh, we kind of see that too in San Francisco with like the, in terms of all the marketing and billboards and signs and it's, it's such a stacked up city that I, I see those things sort of playing a role in, in the fine art stuff that you make. The density, yeah. And as far as my style and stuff, so it's like the density, I guess, was yeah. like a uh, a thing that was uh, I was picking up on, like the density, and also just the uh, I don't know, like I guess like I don't know, just multicultural, kind of like just all the different, like 
you know, in the mission especially, there'd be like a ninja shop, you know, and there'd be like and just the juxtaposition of like all the like just crazy shit that you see, like, you know, and there'd be like, you know, all these different like varieties and like Japanese and like, uh, you know, Spanish and Mexican and yeah, all this yeah. different, uh, uh, everybody's just like right there. And so it was just like really good fodder to just be inspired from. And yeah. so... A lot of, and so I would just paint like that, but it wasn't ever in my mind like I was painting San Francisco. And a lot of people just like really kind of was like, oh, yeah, I love the paintings you do of, you know, San Francisco. And so it kind of took on this thing where it's like, oh, people are totally reading this as like like San Francisco paintings. Yeah, you and know, so sometimes I, just, I see it as being like European sometimes. Like I see some buildings that remind just, me like they'd be in France or something. To me, it's always like every painting I ever made is just like, in my mind called somewhere else that's the t- <laughs> other than that's, here yeah that's the title it's just like this is a place i'm imagining this is somewhere else and it's got this type of shit in it and i just paint and that frees me up and it's like that's the way i get free you know that's the way that's what uh you know i get i enjoy yeah uh, I so think- but then i don't like it so much when i have to paint something you know but like a lot of times that's where the commissions are they want you to paint you know yeah yeah sure and there's there's a lot of freedom in that shit and being able to like you and i talked about this and i just i just had um adam hunter caldwell on the show and we were talking about he um he he went he trained under baron story and we were talking about like freshness levels of like just doing a a non thought out brush stroke, how like how some of those things where you're just not actually caring, like you're just being, can be oh, really yeah. important and have the most value. And sometimes when you are too specific, you take away some of that value. That's a lot of my work is like that. It's like I try to rely. I try to paint mostly from subconscious, and like most of my favorite painting is just like. I don't know. I don't have, there's no plan going into it. It's just like, let's start making marks. And in fact, it's sometimes good to just paint with a brush that's really bad. You know, <laughs> a, brush, a brush that's all gnarled up because it's just like, you know, just like get in there. Cause I, I much more like relate to like those artists from like New York and uh, like, you know, all those like Rauschenberg and Pollock and the Koenig and all those guys. Like that's who I always relate to, but it just, my work comes out the way it does because I'm living here in San Francisco in this context now, yeah. you know? It's funny, you, but, you bringing no. up um, Yogi Bear, I wrote down uh, like <laughs> Han- in like Hanna-Barbera, like 70s-style illustrations. <laughs> like your your work sure. kind of gives me a little bit of that feel. Like uh, producer Lex is over here on the right. I don't see if you see him walk by. Okay. Yeah. He, um, <laughs> he brought – are you still there? Yeah. Okay, sorry. My Skype got Hello? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he brought up Dick Tracy and it's kind of, it was funny. Like I, I thought about that and I was like a lot of like the really hard angles and you bringing up, uh, like using a brush that's fucked up. Like I think a lot about like seventies illustration with dry brush techniques. And even though maybe you, you might not necessarily use those techniques and I don't think that it looks like you you have any attempt to try that style, but it feels like it's something that maybe, fits in that maybe it's a part of your subconscious because you mentioned that uh the place that you grew up reminding you of yogi bear yeah or you know uh yeah phoenix being like that but no and it's like you're exactly on because like people all that stuff comes in you know you say uh-huh. like oh i was inspired by picasso or something but it's like i was inspired by fucking 
just <laughs> all the music that I've ever listened to, all the TV show, all the books I've ever read, you know, everything has inspired me. You can't, but like, you got to find a way to talk about this stuff. And I think right. that's what it really comes down to is people just need like, oh, how do we talk about it? And it shouldn't even have to be talked about. It's a visual thing, you know, and that's right. why painting is like that. But for the sake of, you know, people need to try to figure out ways to like agree and talk about it. So you uh -huh. have to kind of throw out these things. And a lot of times it just, it's so inadequate to try to like say that, but people come up to the same painting of mine. They'll be like, Oh, it totally reminds me of like this Haitian art I've seen. <laughs> or, but then they'll come, the next guy will come up and be like, Oh yeah, it's totally like Jetson's cartoon. Which and they're looking at the same painting. Yeah. And, and, and it comes like, down right. to the viewer's experience is, is, is just as much as your own experience. You know, and so uh, I don't think that stuff is so important to me, but just as long as everybody has a way in, yeah, you know, yeah, and like, you know, just keep it fun. It's all like about, you know, Saturday morning and like Sunday. It's all Saturday. It's just like Saturday and Sunday. There's no other days, you know, it's like Saturday is just a fun day and then Sunday is like a little bit more serious, you know, and <laughs> It's like you just it's just Saturday and Sunday. There's no Monday through Friday, you know, in my life, you know. When it comes to painting, that's kind of what it's all about. It's just, you know, Saturday and Sunday. I know. I always I laugh know, when people I always laugh when people ask me what I'm doing on the weekend as if I've I've had my my 40-hour work week and I'm I'm planning on not doing anything over Saturday and Sunday. But really yeah. it's like we're usually painting 16 hours a day. At least I am. I know. Yeah. I am. And it's like those other days don't have any real, I don't know. I don't. They're I mean, not like as special, earlier, right? Yeah, but I, I do miss like Friday night because, <laughs> because like I don't have like, uh, uh, you know, like coworkers and then like, woo, it's Friday night. <laughs> I know. That's, like, that is that's a big thing. Like, that is a big thing. And it's like people be like Friday night and I'm like, oh shit, uh, woo. <laughs> I think that, you know, I feel like part, I miss, a lot of um, social interaction due to that. Like, especially being in San Diego where there isn't that big of an art community where like there isn't cool gallery shows happening every weekend. There isn't uh, like, there isn't as much community as let, let's say San Francisco or maybe New York or something. So, right. And I feel like that hurts. It, I know it hurts my mental state. Like I get fucked up if I'm not like, part of this podcast has been about like being able to have these types of conversations with people that I might not get to have otherwise, you know? And, mm. and I feel like almost like I'm, there's something lacking and I've noticed that the more and more I get older, you know, cause as you're, when you're a kid and you're a teenager and young twenties, like you're hanging out with your friends all the time. But as we get a little bit older into our thirties and forties, like, we're focused on work. We're focused on paying our bills and taking care of the family or, or whatever you have as your responsibilities. And a lot of that social interaction takes a back seat. Oh, definitely. And that's what I'm talking about with my studio. It just gets like I've created all this like freedom for myself being an artist and kind of like, you know, not having to, uh, you know, do this nine to five thing. Yeah. But um, it's like. But then you get further into it, and it gets real jobby, you know? Yeah. It gets kind of jobby. That's what – it's almost like we get into this thing to avoid that jobbiness, and then it becomes so much more of a job than even in 95. Like, I was just thinking yesterday, like, right. I, I, I was talking to Lex earlier, like, it would be so much easier sometimes just to get a, a weekly paycheck. Yeah. yeah. To clock in. And know? not have just to, to like, oh. not have to think about the work when you go home. Like, I, I kind of – 
I admire. I'm a little bit jealous, like of like when my wife comes home from work, even though like I know that it's a pain to work forty hour weeks, and that it's like having somebody tell you you have to be somewhere at a particular time every day is is it it's tough. It's not easy. But then I I kind of like envy her that she can come home and not actually have to think about her work. Whereas it's like I'm working and then I'm thinking about the work and then I'm working and then I'm thinking about the work. Like it never stops. It's there, true. There and is I no totally, clocking out. I, I can relate, and I totally have that. But it passes, and you're thankful because there's so many rewards that are embedded in doing art that they will never have, and so you, it's like it pays off. Yeah. But yeah, I can relate. There's days where I'm like, God, I wish I could just go somewhere and like clock in and just kind of hang out and get paid. And, like, so everything will be okay. Is that what you're telling me? Because I know you're a little bit older than me. Uh, You've been in the game a little bit longer, and I'm I have this feeling like it's going to be terrible forever. <laughs> there's total payoffs, you know. There's okay, just good. total rewards like embedded in the thing, and you just have to. I mean, that's why I went on that road trip because yeah. you just have to recognize you just have to like you know it's like i you know you gotta like for people who can meditate it's really good because it makes you realize like take inventory listen to what's going on in your head uh and uh you know go like oh well obviously i'm not happy going in the studio every day i need to make a change so you know it's it's way better to be thinking for yourself it's the way to go if you're alive you know you have to think for yourself People, you know, that's one of my biggest things. It's just like people who are not thinking for themselves and just subscribing to a religion so they can be on a team and all this kind <laughs> yeah. of garbage. Well, you know, it's, it's funny that like, you're you know, bringing yeah. that up. I think that another part of religion is that people need some people to hang out with. That it gives them a, a week, a day out of the week to go hang out with like-minded people that they uh, feel like maybe they're missing a family or like don't have a community. And they go there to find that thing, and I totally understand that now. As a as I get a little bit older, like I, I understand that need for a community and how, and what it means to people. Oh yeah, but then it flips and it gets, you know, or it creepy. Can flip. Like you know, you have to like find that uh, sweet spot. But like yeah. yeah, and then it flips and then it just turns into like a thing where you're not thinking at all and you're just like you know. Right. I've been thinking about starting meditation to try to deal with some of these inner demons that I'm talking about here, like the way I feel about things. I just did a painting of David Lynch and I, after uh, I'd listened to a, an audio book of his that he, they did yeah. about, um, transcendental meditation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a good, yeah. It was great, man. I, I really enjoyed really it. Good. And plus him reading it is really fucking funny. Cause he has the most unique, interesting voice <laughs> ever. I have that. I have that book. Yeah, it's uh, good. I recommend it to creative people. Like I got really excited about creating things. And then I and then I got mad and then I let it go. <laughs> I need to jump back to that mind state. I I feel like literally the last few days I've been in such a funk, like just angry at the world and everybody that exists in it. And I, I feel like today I'm finally a little bit coming out of it. I might be bipolar a little bit. I think I have some bipolar tendencies. I think everybody does though. Yeah. I think everybody's bipolar. I agree with uh, what's your Lex <laughs> producer Lex. I, I agree. I agree with producer Lex. I think everybody's bipolar. Uh, just like how how much you acknowledge it or whatever. Yeah, I think I I'm I'm too in touch with myself because I spend so much time by myself that I can actually feel the shift going from when I'm fucking just pissed at the world and then when I feel like I'm perfectly in tune and harmonious with it. It's too that's where all the art comes from. From the harmonious change. or the the angry part. Both. Yeah. You know when you switch over that just that that's where all the art is right there. 
you, do, you just got to open that up and pry it open and be like, oh, it's like that's where it all exists, you know? Nice. When you right in between them. Well, that might be a good spot to end this Maybe, thing on know. a little uh, <laughs> public service announcement for people. Um, that you're on the the social medias, the Facebooks, the Twitters. Oh yeah. Where can people um, find your stuff at? Uh, I have a website that hopefully will be having some action going on with it. Uh, BrianBarnaclo.com. I don't really go in there enough, but hopefully that'll be changing. I'm trying to get like. Uh, e-commerce <laughs> going mm-hmm. and uh which i'm always horrible at uh so brianbarnaclo.com uh what facebook i'm on there it's my name uh and i think there's a fan page and then also just like uh my boring life stuff and yeah. then uh <laughs> be barnaclo be uh on uh, instagram which i post pictures okay sweet post uh, picture. turn your turn your camera on we'll do uh we'll do internet oh. dap okay yeah. Yeah. Boom. Get some knuckles. All right. All right, brother. I want to thank you again for taking the time to shoot the shit with me. It was nice to. Uh, it was cool to meet you in person and get to have some of these type of in yeah, in real yeah, life I, conversations. Absolutely. Keep up the good work. I think I'll be down in San Diego more often. Uh, so uh, I'll uh, look you up. Okay. Sounds good, brother. All right. All right. Thanks. Have a good day. See you later. Later. See Ten bob note up his nose. He's such a mean old.